wicked, wicked, wicked. Let's get down to business. I don't got no time to play around with this. this. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, a happy Friday getting ready for Cubs and Diamondbacks. 1245 pregame with Zach Zaidman. So in 45 minutes, Pat and Ron have the 121st pitch here on ESPN Des Moines. Coming up 1215. So 15 minutes from right now, my good friend Rob Domovsky, Packers insider for ESPN and ESPN.com. Two days out from the Jordan Love era officially beginning. But right now, it is time to help those, like me, who may have drafted Travis Kelsey. Or maybe we'll get to someone who can replace, I don't know, an injured Cooper Cup or something like that. With all of your fantasy football help, Andy Hall is here from Laser 103.3. Andy, um, I know you're kind of a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I drafted Travis Kelsey after last night. What can you tell people in terms of finding a deep sleeper? Because all the good tight ends are gone. Like You can't replace them with Mark Andrews. But if you're looking for like three guys maybe off that waiver wire to pop in lineup, if you drafted Kelsey, who would it be? I've got three names for you, and they're okay. all less than 50% owned on ESPN right now. Okay. And Yahoo Leagues as well. My first name is a guy I mentioned last time we got together and talked fantasy, and that is Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles okay. Chargers. All right. He's owned in 42% of Yahoo Leagues right now. He was the tight end 14 last year. He's now in a Kellen Moore offense, sort of in that Dalton Schultz role. And he was a good tight end last year. If you had Schultz on your team last year, he was really good until he got hurt. On the field a lot. He's going to be seeing a lot of targets. Miami, their opponent this week, fourth in fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends, third in tight end receptions, and fourth in tight end touchdowns with 10 last year. And that game itself could be in the 30s. There's a, I mean, I know offenses take a little while to get rolling, but you're talking about, like you said, Kellen Moore's offense plus Mike McDaniel, his year two with Tua. Like, that could be a real high-scoring game. Most definitely. And when you look at the receiving core in Los Angeles, uh, there's a lot of, you know, strength up at up the, up at the top with, mm-hmm. Kel, with uh, Keenan Allen, with Mike Williams. But then after that, there's a whole lot of question marks. And so yeah. they're going to look to Gerald Everett quite a bit and, you know, Justin Herbert has no problem finding him. It's funny. Every single member of the Chargers wide receiving room, the big three, all has a question mark. Mm-hmm. Like Keenan Allen, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Mike Williams, 30 now. Uh, Quentin Johnson, rookie. So, And Gerald Everett, I mean, he was a solid tight end for the last couple of years. He, yeah, he's a guy nobody's really talking about. And like I said, less than 50% owned on these major platforms. The second name I'm going to bring up is Jake Ferguson. He is the tight okay, end for the, me, da- for the Dallas Cowboys. I was going to say, see if I can guess what team he plays for. <laughs> Sorry, didn't get there. 33% down in Yahoo Leagues right now. He caught 19 of 22 targets last year. He's facing a middle-of-the-road New York Giants mm-hmm. defense who uh, uh, gave up the seventh most tight end receptions in 2022. So I like him as a dart throw. And the third name I'm going to bring up, you'll be very happy to hear Luke Musgrave That's is a it. guy that I think is actually going to do some things. And w- with rookie tight ends, it's always a crapshoot, yes. right? You never know what you're going to get. But he's a physical comp to Ke- Travis Kelsey. If there's one thing you can say about him right off the top, it's looking at the two of them very physically uh, comparable. Uh, the Packers are not hiding their intentions to use him. And no. when you're looking at a young quarterback like Jordan Love is, mm-hmm. that tight end is always that safety valve, that uh, security blanket. And I think that Musgrave could be that guy as early as week one. And it doesn't help help the Packers offense. And maybe it helps out Luke Musgrave. Uh, Romeo Dobbs finally practiced after like two weeks off yesterday. And it looks like Christian Watson, if he doesn't practice, and we'll find out if he practices uh, when Rob Domofsky from ESPN joins me in a bit. But if if Watson's not there and if Dobbs can't go, 
you need to have someone you can throw the ball to when you're playing on the road against the Bears. You have a lot of question marks there, and it's certainly not going to be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a lot, anyway. Those guys aren't aren't really known for their pass-catching abilities. They rely on a guy like Christian Watson in that offense to stretch the field, and Romeo Dobbs is sort of a possession guy. But I really think Luke Musgrave is in a great position to step right in and do close to what I think Sam Laporta was able to do last night for Detroit. I'm going to add him right now, actually. So That's a good idea. He's Musgrave. <laughs> owning only 16% of Yahoo leagues right now. Go grab him. Uh, Andy Hall joining us from Laser 103.3, our Des Moines resident fantasy insider. I'm Mike Wicked here on ESPN Des Moines. So three guys to replace Travis Kelsey. If you didn't add Noah Gray last night, who didn't have much of a night last night, uh, Gerald Everett, Jake Ferguson, Luke Musgrave are three names to look at. All right, so if you're looking at your roster right now, and let's go to the quarterback spot. Obviously, if you drafted a quarterback with an early pick, a Jalen Hurts, or maybe maybe you drafted Patrick Mahomes. That's already in the tank. But maybe you drafted somebody high like Josh Allen. You know you're going to start. I have a roster where I've got Kirk Cousins and um, and uh, Danny Dimes. Mm. So it's like what, you know, those are the kind of decisions people are going to have to make. Like who are some guys that aren't the obvious QBs? to start this weekend. Yeah, if you do what I do in a lot of drafts, which is wait on a quarterback, these non-super flex leagues, I like to wait because there's not a whole lot of difference mm-hmm. game to game, week to week, how much these guys are going to average in fantasy points per game. This week, a couple of my favorite matchups at the quarterback position, Justin Herbert probably goes without Every saying. Every week, that dude, with that offense, that's going to be your fantasy MVP quarterback, I believe. Yeah, Miami defense gave up the second most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position last year. Whew. My other quarterback on the list is Trevor Lawrence, and this is a guy I think takes a really big step up this year, not just because he's another year under his belt and really looked good at the tail end mm-hmm. of last year, but he's got a new weapon in Calvin Ridley, who they're very excited about, obviously. Evan Ingram there at the tight end position as well. And then Travis Etienne is a great pass catching back out of the back. Do you think Calvin Ridley, talking about Ridley here, missed a year with the gambling thing he bet on football. You can't do that. How long till Ridley looks like, because he's not 22 anymore, by the way. Ridley's like 28, 29, which is a little old for a wide receiver. How, how long does it take, or will we see him look like the all-pro he was two years ago? I would make the argument he's a year fresher because he okay. had that year off. So I think you can take a year off of his actual age in that he didn't take that physical beating that these guys take okay. uh, when they're out on the field. So I think he steps right into this offense and fits in really nicely with some of the other weapons around him, like I mentioned with Ingram, like I mentioned with Etienne, and then there's Christian Kirk, and then there's Zay Jones. They've got a lot of guys there. So I see Trevor Lawrence as a guy you could virtually start pretty much every week regardless of matchup. But this week in particular, uh, the Indianapolis defense, eighth most fantasy points per game for okay. the quarterback position last year. And I, who knows what Indy's going to do? I, no, Nobody has any idea what Indianapolis' offense is going to look like. What's Richardson going to do as a rookie? Who's going to get the ball in that backfield? I mean, th- this could that could be one of those games. And I know Indy's defense is pretty good. But that could be one of those games where you're like, all right, let's go back to the red zone. Let's see. Is there anything else on besides watching Jacksonville and Indianapolis? All right, running backs. I mean, really, after you after Eckler and after CMC, all these guys are kind of the same. Who are you looking at in a deeper look at the running back spot? Well, here's a hot take for you, and it's not that he's probably available in any leagues, but if you own J.K. Dobbins, he's a guy that I think could score 15 to 20 touchdowns this year. Re- you think that they're going to let – they brought in the, the passing coordinator for Lamar. I really do believe J.K. Dobbins, given the opportunity, (laughs) and especially if you like to start quick week one and like to get off to a good start, 
Uh, he's facing Houston this week, who allowed the most fantasy points per game oh. for the running back position last okay. year. Okay. They're going to get in position. Lamar Jackson is not going to be sacrificing his body down near the goal line. We just aren't going to be seeing that. They are going to rely on J.K. Dobbins. Okay. He really doesn't have anybody behind him. The to Gus Bus. No worry about Gus Edwards? I'm not worried about Gus Edwards at all. Right. all. I okay. think J.K. Dobbins is one guy I'll mention. The other one's Brian Robinson. Out of Washington, Mm -hmm. Uh, Arizona allowed the third most fantasy points per game to the running back position last year. And Robinson is the runner. He's the guy that's going to get most of the early down work. I think they'll filter in Antonio Gibson as a pass catcher because that's kind of his forte Mm -hmm. in that offense. He was a receiver in college. People don't realize that. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, we know that he's going to be involved that way. He's going to take some looks away from Brian Robinson, but I think Robinson has a great matchup this week, and I think that he's going to get that early down work and goal line stuff. I'll tell you what, I've got a sleeper for you. This was probably, maybe he went late in your drafts. I took him. If you want to get off to a hot start or you just have to survive, like if you're in a guillotine league, Raheem Mostert is the guy because Jeff Wilson and the rookie that they have down there are both banged up in Miami. The A-chain? A-chain is is hurt. So if you have to survive and you can still acquire Raheem Mostert, I'm no expert, but that's a guy who's going to get, he's never going to get 25 touches. That's not That doesn't happen with Mostert, and that doesn't happen in a Miami Dolphin offense under Mike McDaniel. But you could look at 12 to 15 touches for RB1, and with his speed, one of those could be a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That's a great sleeper pick, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mentioned the Colts earlier. Yeah. I think Deion Jackson another is another good option, especially in PPR leagues. I have a backfield that is Mostert and Jackson. There you have it. And then there's and by the time we get to October, it's going to be useless. We did but, not plan this. No, but I swear <laughs> I have a backfield that is Mostert and Jackson, but only until October. Yeah. <laughs> Wide receiver-wise, who can you look at? Obviously, Justin Jefferson. Yes, you start Justin Jefferson. You start Jamar Chase. But what about that next tier? Who's got a good matchup? I think Chris Godwin's a great start this week. That Minnesota defense, despite being uh, under Brian Flores now, uh, who is known for a lot of blitz packages mm-hmm. and, and trying to confuse quarterbacks, um, I think that uh, there's also going to be opportunities for a guy like Chris Godwin to get behind those uh, corners and do safeties. you trust Baker Mayfield to do anything right this year? That's a big question, but if you know anything <laughs> about the Minnesota Vikings, you know that they can make virtually any quarterback, and I mean any quarterback look like an all-pro. I actually think the Vikings still win the North this year. Sure. Everyone's talking about the Lions, and I know they won last night, and yeah, I'm rocking a Jordan Love jersey, and I'm like, ah, oh, this could be the new owners of the North. I don't have any faith in the Bears, but I think that Minnesota adding Addison, shedding some old weight. I think another, I think Hawkinson is just going to be, I think he has Kelsey level production this year. I just think he was so good the last six weeks with Kirk Cousins. I don't know why no one, it's maybe it's the defense, but they brought in Flores, who was probably the best acquisition they made. Mm -hmm. I think the Vikings are going to win the North. We're going to do our horrible predictions later, Kira and I, that are usually way off. But Minnesota, to me, everyone seems to be sleeping on them. Well, they were doing that last year, too, until Minnesota started yeah. winning every single game. By one point. By, yeah, very close <laughs> margins. They're not going to have that kind of luck no. two years in a row, obviously. But I don't no. think they're going to need it as long as the defense plays well enough and mm-hmm. doesn't give up too many big plays. And then for the offense, the biggest key here is managing turnovers and making sure that they they uh, the ball security is the most important thing. They've got a running back who... Doesn't need to do much. He's kind of a game manager back there, yeah, right? That's a good way to describe Alex Madison. Yeah, and so they have great weapons in the passing game. Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. Guys, you know, people don't give him enough credit. Just There's schedule a lot of every game at noon. Just get every game at noon, not at not at the prime game of the week, not on Sunday night football, and not on Monday nights. But, yeah, uh, two other wide receivers? Uh, one other wide receiver. One other well, wide I'll receiver. I'll give you two. Chris Olave is one of them in New Orleans. Stud. And this is... 
a matchup thing because Tennessee, the Titans, who they're facing this week, gave up the most fantasy points per game to the uh, wide receiver position. This will be a, a good start, I think, uh, for the Derek Carr era in New Orleans. Plus, they don't necessarily have their running back situation all figured out back there yet. There's going to be a kind of a committee and of Jamal guys. Williams is going to get two and a half yards of carry, but he's going to get you you know 12 fantasy points. He's going to fall into the end zone. <laughs> get him up near the end yes. zone. Uh, he's the he's the guy this year. The old, that old saying, if, if you need uh, three yards, I'll get you, you know, Three. If you need seven yards, I'll get you three. Yeah, so. that's him. Yeah, <laughs> that's about that's what he did last year in Detroit. Pretty much. Uh, the other guy I'll mention here because of opportunity, and he's a young guy, but it's Marvin Mims in Detroit. You look at the situation there with the injuries they've got. Jerry Judy is out. Tim Patrick you is out. You mean in Denver, not Detroit. Sorry, I said Detroit. Right. I meant Denver. Marvin Mims is one of my favorite rookie wide receivers, and a lot of it is opportunity. Uh, he's got a decent matchup this week. Not great. But Russell Wilson's got to throw the ball to somebody. I can't trust anybody in the Denver offense with Russ back there. Not yet. I just can't do it. Well, we'll see what happens. The wide receivers, we're figuring out these young guys as we go here. Last night, we saw one of them for Kansas City score a touchdown. On my dynasty, my dynasty room is loaded. I got Pickens, Garrett Wilson. I got Rashi Rice. Two years from now, I'm going to be really good. This year, not so much. By the way, I'm going on the record. Vikings will win the North as well. Oh, see? It pains painful. I know. It's going to happen. Uh, Andy Hall Radio on Twitter. Follow him with your fantasy football questions. And then on Facebook as well on Sundays. Andy, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Coming up next, we'll talk Packers with ESPN.com's Rob Rob Domovsky right before he heads off to Chicago. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Oh, it's Cyhawk weekend in the state of Iowa. Welcome in to Wicket's World. You're on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. We'll join up with the Cyhawk game tomorrow right after Cubs and Snakes as a Chicago Closing in on my Milwaukee Brewers, but here on your home for the uh, Chicago Cubs here in central Iowa, we'll have that one followed by the Cyhawk game and then Drake and Northwestern College, a triple header of live sports tomorrow here on ESPN Des Moines. Joining me right now from ESPN.com covering the Green Bay Packers, my friend Rob Domovsky is with us. Rob, are you at Lambeau? Have you had, made the uh, the trip to Soldier Field yet? Or are you still in Green Bay? I am in Green Bay. I just walked out of practice, uh, or at least the practice um part of practice that we're able to see on Fridays, which is basically just stretching. So it's a, it's, <laughs> okay. it's a work day, not a travel. Travel day is tomorrow. Gotcha. Well, I guess everybody wants to know the health of Green Bay's top two wide receivers, Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson. Yeah, Romeo Dubs was practicing. Christian Watson was not. Um, my gut my would be that that's how it goes Sunday at Chicago, which I guess is better than how it looked at the start of the week when it looked like there was a chance neither of those guys would play, but uh, Dobbs is going for the second straight day, and assuming there's no setback, uh, looks like he'll go. Um, Watson, it just, it, not only does it not look like he could go this week, but you know if, if the hamstring injury happened either earlier this week or late last week, which we still haven't been able to pin down quite when, uh, you know he could actually miss maybe a, multiple games. But um, as far as this week goes, it sure doesn't look good. When did the Watson injury happen? Because all of a sudden he just right. popped up on the injury report. I think I thought you were the one that broke the depressing yeah. news to me, Rob. Thanks. Yeah. Well, sorry about that, Mike. But last <laughs> so last week is that weird week now in the NFL where since there's no fourth preseason game, it's like a it's like a post training camp bye. But they they have to give the players off three days. The Packers were off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Last week, they practiced Wednesday and Thursday. And on Thursday, 
um, he was, uh, Watson was out there. He practiced. We saw him practice Wednesday and Thursday. We showed up on Monday for what was basically a light jog through, and uh, he was nowhere to be seen. And then on Wednesday, when they actually have to put the injury report out for the first time that week, it was listed as a hamstring injury. And Matt LaFleur has been um, very quiet about, um, you know, any details about anything, uh, but it sure doesn't look like he'll play this week. Talking to ESPN.com's Rob Domovsky, Packers and Bears kicking off the season at Soldier Field. That is a, uh, the second game. It's the Fox game of the week, as a matter of fact, from Soldier Field. Uh, I think this is probably the longest I've talked to you since the Jordan Love era has begun, where yeah. we didn't talk about Jordan Love. Uh, my first question is this. I was reading a lot of your stuff at ESPN.com, Rob, and I, I know that people are just sick of asking you the same questions or you're sick of getting the same questions, <laughs> but but what is the is the locker room different now that Aaron's gone and it's Jordan as QB1? It, well, it's different, and I'm not so sure it's necessarily because of that. Um, I think that's part of it, um, but it's also a really young team. Like, um, you know, there's what three guys over the age of 30 and on this team, David Bakhtiari being one of them. Um, and, and Bakhtiari has actually done a pretty good job of transitioning from being Rogers guy to being one of the guys now, you know, where, where he hasn't necessarily been like an outcast. He's the only one left here really of the Rogers inner circle. Uh, but it's just such a different vibe because it's a different team. Like, I mean, there's no veterans, especially on offense. There's no Randall Cobb. There's no Alan Lazard. There's no Robert Tunyon. There's no Mercedes Lewis. Um, it's just a different deal. And, and certainly love has something to do with that. But, you know, I, I would say this, having only gone through this one other time from um, Favre, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers in 2008, there's a lot less talk about the previous quarterback this time uh, than there was back then. Really? Yeah, I mean, no, it's like... I there's nobody it's, I, left I, from the previous regime, like you said. Well, true, and I also think that it's a little... The, the circumstances, while they're so similar, where Love sat for three years behind Rodgers, Rodgers sat for three years behind Favre, the, the one big difference was in 2007, with Brett Favre's last year, they were 13-3 and three in the NFC Championship game, and people were like, well, let's just do this again, right? Well, last year with Aaron Rodgers, they were 8-9 and nine and out of the playoffs. And, and I just think that that that's a huge difference in how people feel. There's very little pining for Aaron Rodgers uh, anymore. Now, I do have friends that have lived here their whole lives that are my age and have told me, look, we lived through the 70s and the 80s. The people who want Aaron Rodgers, you know, gone or are happy that he's gone, better be careful what they wish for. Well, I... (laughs) I love the negative vibe, and I, I I've spoken to those same Packers fans. All they're down here in Central Iowa as well. Don't worry, it's not just a Green Bay thing, do there, Rob? But it yeah. it it is sort of a doom and gloom thing. And and if and if you've been watching Jordan Love, I mean, you watched him look very raw when he first participated, yeah. and, and now you've seen him. The Philly game is what everybody talks about. But now watching him in in the preseason, everybody is reviewing Love the same way, saying, "Wow." He really yep. took some some strides when you yeah, watch him play. What uh, do you see? He wasn't great the first week of training camp, and and I said as much on, on national television. Oh my on god, I, I, Rob! I got to hold on. I was listening to it. you. I was listening to you live. We carry all the ESPN programming here, yeah. and they had you from the sideline, and they used your highlights of well, Jordan Love just airmailed one to Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. They've been <laughs> using that soundbite for weeks, and I was That's in my funny. car listening to that live, Rob. That's funny. Um, but he, since then, he's really made steady progress to the point where he looks really comfortable back there. 
Um, and the thing is, like, I don't know how this will translate to Sunday or if it'll translate at all. But the guy doesn't, you know, he doesn't get upset. He doesn't, you know, get, he doesn't chew out players. He doesn't blame guys. He doesn't throw his hands up in the air when maybe things don't go right. Um, in fact, I was talking to Aaron Jones about that uh, yesterday or the day before. And he said, you know, like, uh, I haven't seen him get rattled. And, and in fact, Jones said he was talking to one of the assistant quarterbacks coach, a guy named Connor Lewis. And he's like, he was asking Connor Lewis, like, can you get under this guy's skin? And he's like, I've tried. And, and it just doesn't seem to happen. Now, that doesn't mean anything come Sunday in terms of whether he can throw a, you know, a, a seven-yard slant or a 15-yard post or, uh, or whatever. But um, it at least gives them the feeling that, that he's in control out there. The one thing, Mike, that I think we haven't seen and, and I think could be a, a problem at some point and, and maybe without Christian Watson, it doesn't matter because he was their deep threat. But Jordan Love struggled with the deep ball. And look, it's a low percentage throw to begin with, right? But Aaron Rodgers has made it look so easy over the years. And um, you just wonder if, if, you know, there's not that threat of hitting the home run play if defenses are just going to kind of load up and, um, you know, and be able to shut them down uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. Rob, go back to Aaron's first year as a starter where they went 6-10. and 10, yeah. And I don't remember. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we crossed paths when I was in Green Bay covering the team. Yeah. And, and I think you were at the Press Gazette at that point. Correct. But was, was Aaron a great deep ball thrower year one? Oh, I'd have to, that's a great question. Um, you know, his numbers were good in terms of yards. He had over 4,000 yards. And that was, of course, in a 16-game schedule. And, uh, you know, 28 touchdowns. So those numbers are pretty good uh, in spite of them being 6-10. and 10. And if I remember that year correctly, they had leads in a lot of games late. and um, They lost like know, seven, and the, their last seven or their last eight, and a lot of it was on the defense. On the defense. And, and in fact, uh, Mike McCarthy fired uh, it was Bob Sanders, I think, was the defensive <laughs> coordinator and, and hired Don Capers the very next year. So it was, uh, you know, it's a little bit hard to remember. The one thing I remember specifically about Rodgers really from the time he got here in 05 and then started playing was the velocity on his ball. Like the guy threw a freaking fastball, you know, and love maybe isn't, isn't, um, isn't necessarily the fastball thrower that Rodgers was and, and not saying he can't do it, but that, that may also limit you when you go trying to go deep a little bit. Yeah. I don't believe Tom Brady was a great deep ball thrower 20 years ago, but I think he became a very good deep ball yep. thrower on the way to winning seven rings. Talking to uh, ESPN.com Packer insider, he is Rob Domofsky joining us here on ESPN Des Moines. Packers and Bears kicking off the games, or kicking off the, the season on Sunday at Soldier Field. One of the talking points on all the sites, including yours, is about the full Matt LaFleur offense. Do you think that there was a difference in the offense that he called last year with 12 that he'll call this year with 10? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I actually have a piece up today about that, and, and Matt LaFleur gets really defensive if you say, Oh, they're finally going to run Matt LaFleur's offense now. And look, I understand why that might be frustrating to a coach because it makes it look like you weren't the one in control and Aaron Rodgers was, but um, they definitely did some things that were, were very characteristic of the Matt LaFleur offense. And we say, when we say that, Mike, it's really the Kyle Shanahan, you know, Sean McVay offense is really what it, what it is. Um, and, and they did some things that were characteristic, characteristic of that, like a lot of pre-snap motion, I think they were ninth in the NFL in most pre-snap motion. But the one area that they weren't a Matt LaFleur offense was in the middle of the field. In fact, Aaron Rodgers, and this is in the story, threw uh, between the painted numbers, essentially the middle of the field, field less frequently than all but one quarterback that played like 
I don't know what the threshold was, 500 snaps over the last four years. Like, he just never threw over the middle of the field. And I asked LaFleur, I'm like, is that, is that um, surprising to you or is that planned? And he goes, no. And he goes, that's the middle of the field is a big part of our offense. So clearly, yeah. that wasn't being run the way he wanted it. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the reason, I think, is that Rodgers, you know, just despised interceptions and smartly so. And where do most interceptions happen, right? Over the middle of the field. So uh, I don't know that we'll see a, a huge shift, but there's going to be throws that, that are just Jordan loves better at. Like, to me, the staple Aaron Rodgers throw, other than the deep ball, of course, is the back shoulder, right? Which is on the sideline. Uh, maybe, maybe Jordan Love's best throw is the skinny post or, or the cross or whatever. Like, I just don't think we know yet what Jordan Love's best throw is. The seam pass down the middle to Luke Musgrave. That's going to be it right there, Rob. I'll tell you what, that, that kid can run, man. And, and uh, I'm not a fantasy football guy by any means, but like, uh, and I'm not saying you should play this guy right away, but <laughs> like I've told people just if hey, late in the late in your fantasy draft, draft this guy, just, sit, just let him sit there for a little bit. And see what happens. And, and I think there's a chance this guy could put up some huge numbers. I just added him because of you. Don't worry. He's now, he's now on my, one of my teams. I, I just had to pull that off. Hey, I, I have made the assertion, uh, talking to a lot of people here, Rob, that 2023 is really not about 2023. Maybe a little bit for Jordan Love. Yep. But I, I believe because this team is so young, this is a cut-your-teeth kind of season. And no yep. one will say that at 1265 Lombardi. But with every bit of youth on the offense right now, yep. I don't have huge expectations, but I have higher expectations yeah. in 2024. Totally, totally agree, Mike. And and look, they can say or not say that is all they want that that's not rebuilding, but their actions tell you it is that that they didn't sign a uh, veteran receiver. Uh, they didn't sign a veteran backup quarterback. Uh, they didn't, you know, they didn't add many big pieces in free agency. Part of that is because financially, in a salary cap situation, they just weren't able to. So if that's the case. You might as well find out what your young guys can do, find out what you really have and what you don't. And then next year, when you do have a much better salary cap situation, because Aaron Rodgers' $40.3 million hit is off your books in 2024, then you can go and put together some pieces. Now, if along the way you happen to go nine and eight and 10 and seven or 10 and seven and sneak into the playoffs, all the better. Um, But I believe that their actions tell you, that that's sort of where this season is headed. How has Lucas Van Ness looked, the Iowa product that a lot of our listeners who are Viking fans here in the central Iowa area are still somewhat interested in because of his Iowa City roots? Yeah, it, you know, his, the start of his career really parallels Rashawn Gary's um, in the fact that, that Rashawn Gary didn't do a whole lot right away um, and that maybe didn't necessarily need to do a whole lot because they had Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith um, you know, I believe at those times and uh, Lucas Van Ness has been a little bit slow to make the big splash plays, but that's okay. Like it's hard to do that at that position, especially for a guy who is kind of changing the way he played. You know, he played with his hand on the ground as people know better than me. And now he's transitioning to more of a stand up outside linebacker. But if he follows the same trajectory as Rashawn Gary, you know, I think he's going to turn out to be a, a pretty good pick. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily like, the biggest, you know, disappointment or reason to panic or whatever. If he's not, you know, if he doesn't have eight to 10 sacks or whatever this year, if he's not playing 40, 50 snaps a game, um, you know, I, again, it's all part of the building process of, of getting him to be a really good player in 2024 and beyond. So um, certainly looks the part. I mean, he's, he's physically impressive, but 
you know, just ha- we just haven't seen any huge plays from him, whether it's in preseason games or practice. But um, I don't know that there's any real concern about that at this point. Last one, Rob, because I know you got to get out of here. I know you don't want to do predictions. Is there talk <laughs> about predicting 65% for Aaron Rodgers? Are, are they even discussing that in the building? I believe Mark Murphy went on a show and basically said something like when asked, uh, I think he was asked some of the fact of what do you, what do you think you'll see from Aaron Rodgers this year? And he goes, all I care about is 65%. And he said it that way, 65%. So if he plays 65% of the plays, um, you know, then they'll, you know, they'll end up with what a first round pick. The funny thing is, um, you know, I remember uh, did a story in the spring about just how the trade went down real quick. I'll share this with you. Uh, that that one of the things the the Jets asked for was that the pick be contingent on their record on the Jets' record, and Brian Gutekunst of the Packers said, "No way! Like, well, I'll do playing time, but if you don't win with them, that's your problem. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, you know, like you got him. If he plays whatever and you don't win, that's on you, not on me. Why should I have to, uh, you know, pay the price for that? So, um, you know, that's why the 65 percent number playing time became what the draft pick is contingent on. That." Is an awesome story, Rob. Hey, appreciate the time so much. Uh, travel safe to Chicago. Get out of that place as safely as you can. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> you got it, Mike. We'll be seeing you. See you later. ESPN.com's Packers insider. He's Rob Domovsky. Good buddy of mine. I've known Rob for a while. He actually uh, used to come on our radio show when I worked at a station up in Milwaukee uh, as our Packers insider before he went big time. That was when he was at the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Now he's, I think, I got. I should text Rob and find it. I feel like he's been at ESPN longer than he's been at the Press-Gazette. And he was there for a really long time. Uh, so that is uh, the Packers preview for you. Yes, I'm rocking the Jordan Love jersey here on Jersey Friday. Will, you're wearing a hoodie today, Kira. It's an Iowa Wild hoodie today. Yeah. Yep. And we'll, I didn't have any, okay. I didn't have anything. It's, it's the... What excuse the... do you have left in the bag, Kara? <laughs> Coming up, terrible NFL predictions, and we'll peek back to last night and why nobody should care about what happened last night if you're a Chiefs fan. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1351 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My thanks to Rob Domofsky from ESPN.com for joining me. If you missed that interview or you want to hear it again or you want to send it to a Packers fan, uh, that'll be podcasted at ESPNDesMoines.com. Coming up in 10 minutes, Zach Zabeman gets you ready for Cubs and Snakes, Arizona, and the boys from the north side. And Chicago just zeroing in on my Milwaukee Brewers in the National League Central, which is... Also code for my Brewers are choking away the National League Central. And then tomorrow, we've got a triple header, early Cubs and Diamondbacks, followed by Iowa and Iowa State will join up with the Cyhawk game. And then after that, Drake football with Chuck Reed taking on Northwestern College. So a triple header of live sports for you tomorrow right here on ESPN Des Moines. Let's get to some bad NFL predictions. We always, the difference between some shows and this show, Kira, is we go back and tell you just how Horribly, we did with our predictions before the season began. Uh, we're going to do all the playoff teams and then pick the Super Bowl. So the division winners, I'll start, and then Kara, you can let me know what your picks are going to be. Okay. In the West, I don't care what happened last night. It's still the Chiefs' division. 
in the North, I like Cincinnati. Joe Burrow just signed the biggest contract in history. I like the Steelers and Ravens to both have good years. I don't have a lot. That division's good. I mean, if Deshaun Watson takes a step, that's a really good division. But I'm going to go with Cincinnati. In the South, everybody's taking the Jaguars. Look, if the Jags don't have a miraculous comeback last year against San Diego, check that, L.A. in the playoffs, nobody's donning uh, Trevor Lawrence as the next great QB, and nobody's putting the Jaguars into the uh, the Super Bowl, all right? It took a choke job of chargering to make Jacksonville the favorite in that division. I think adding DeAndre Hopkins, you get a healthy Derrick Henry, one more run with Ryan Tannehill. I like the Titans in the South. And in the East, I'm banking it on the oft-concussed, the often-concussed quarterback, Tua. But I believe the Dolphins, who have added defensive pieces, who have added a, a couple of guys on the offensive line this year, I like the Dolphins to win the East. Uh, what do you have for your four division winners, Kira? Uh, um, I think we agree in the West. Chiefs? Chiefs. Okay. In the South, everybody's taking the Jaguars. It's the it's the trendy pick right now. But oh, I would I went Titans. I wouldn't go with mm. anybody else if I were you. Really? No. Mm, it's gonna right. either be the Titans or the Jags. The okay. other two teams are starting well, rookie you quarterbacks. Pick, you pick the Jaguars, so I have to pick the Titans. Other way That's around. The way it works. Other way around. It's the way it works here. You pick the I pick the Titans, so oh, you could JK. have the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> and in the North, I took the Bengals. Who are you taking in the AFC North? Uh, you know what? I'll take the Ravens. Ravens. All right. I think I did that last year. It was fine. It it, it, it went fine. It went okay. <laughs> it went okay. What about in the East? I went with the Miami Dolphins. I will take anybody but the Patriots. Good answer. Okay. Anybody but... <laughs> uh, but, but to narrow win. it down, let's go with the Buffalo Bills. Okay. All right. I think they're the, the favorite to win the whole thing, especially now that the Kansas City Chiefs lost. And then uh, three wild card teams. I'm going to go with the Bills. I agree with you. They're going to be in there. I just think that it doesn't matter that East is going to be separated by like a game, something along those lines. I like the Ravens as a wild card team, so I'll go with you on that one. And I guess I got to take Jacksonville, right? Which means the New York Jets won't make the playoffs. <laughs> Give me three teams. Throw your darts. All right. Who do you uh, got? Hmm. The the Raiders. Okay, I like it. Totally terrible love pick. Pirates. Terrible pick. I love uh, it. Going with because of your love of pirates. <laughs> okay, that's as good a reasoning as anything. Uh, the, yeah. If you didn't realize, Kira is a huge football fan. <laughs> I am currently wearing an Iowa Wild. Oh, an Iowa Wild hoodie, hoodie here on Jersey uh, Friday. <laughs> uh, let's let's do the Texans. Texans. Okay. Why not? I know rookie quarterback. I mean, what a terrible. <laughs> Terrible selection. I like it. And give me one more. Um, mm, gosh, so many great options. I know, right? Um, you know what? I Wicket. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I think you're a big naysayer. I'm yep. gonna go with the Jets. Okay, you're riding the Aaron Rodgers. You're taking too much ayahuasca. Uh, what about in the NFC? In the NFC East, it's it's hard not to take the Eagles, but nobody ever repeats. But I'm still gonna take the Eagles. In the South, I'm going to go with the Saints. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I think when they get Kamara back after the three-game suspension, I think a healthy Michael Thomas with Olave. And that defense is always pretty nasty. I'll take the Saints in the South. In the North, Vikings. I don't like it, but it's who I'm picking. Uh, and in the West, uh, i got to go San Francisco. I just think that if Brock Purdy is healthy, they have too much offense. And that defense is nasty. Bosa just signed the record deal for a defensive player yesterday. I'm going to go with the Niners. Give me your division winners, Kara. All right, for the East, I will also go with the Eagles. Okay, smart pick. 
for the North. Everybody's picking Detroit. And they just beat the Chiefs last night at Arrowhead. I understand that. I but, think I think I'm gonna follow the herd. Okay, going with the Lions? Yeah. What about in the South? It's an ugly division. Yep. Uh also the Saints. Saints. Because they are always pretty solid. Okay. I think. They finally got a decent quarterback. Uh, first time since Drew Brees. And in the West, I'm gonna go with Seattle. Seattle. All right. All right. Pick three other teams while you're thinking about that. I'm going to have to take Dallas, even though I hate Dallas and my neighbor Shane is a huge Cowboy fan and nothing would make me happier than to see Dallas fall flat on their face. But I am going to take Dallas. Uh, I got to put Seattle in as a wild card team. I think last year was no fluke for Geno Smith. And then the third uh, the third wild card team in the NFC? The Green Bay Packers will <laughs> sneak into the playoffs at 10 and 7 and shock the world. And that's that's it right there. They might lose in the first round. It doesn't matter, all right? Taking that step, getting back to the playoffs in Jordan Love's first year. Let's go. <laughs> I actually have a $5 bet played at Draft, placed at DraftKings for the Packers to win the Super Bowl. Oh. Five bucks wins you $315 if it actually pays <laughs> off. <laughs> Give me three wildcard teams, Kara. Uh, hmm, I'm going to go with the Rams. Rams, okay. The worst team in the league. One of the worst teams in the league. I like it. Mm-hmm. They got Matt Stafford back, so who knows? Cooper Cup. <laughs> Out your or out for week one. Doesn't matter. Doesn't phase Kira. <laughs> Go ahead. I like it. I hate this. And you're doing such a good job. Kira is a huge football fan, if you did not know. You got the Rams as a wild card team. <laughs> the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay potentially tanking to get Caleb Williams out of USC. I love the pick so far. And the commander. And Washington sneaking in. Saving Ron Rivera's job. These are some Hicks, my friend. I don't want to talk about it. No, you did a really good job. What's your Super Bowl? Oh, geez. Because I'm 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 gonna go very chalky with my Super Bowl pick. I don't care what happened last night. If you were reacting to last night's loss, I have a uh, I have some oceanfront property. <laughs> all right, in West Des Moines to sell you. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. I've learned my lesson. Stop betting against Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs over 49ers. Uh, we get a rematch from a couple of years ago. That is my Super Bowl Chiefs overnighters. Even think, though I put five bucks on the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's Kansas City. Okay. But. And who are they going to beat out of the I, NFC, Kira? Oh, I think the Saints. The Saints. Chiefs, good. Chiefs over Saints. I'm getting. I'm okay. getting the energy. The energy is coming from New Orleans. <laughs> The Mardi Gras vibes are are right with you. Okay, <laughs> there it is. There are some terrible predictions being made in the NFL by uh, someone who watches too much and analyzes too much, and someone who watches much less and doesn't uh, doesn't analyze. And we'll see we'll see how much. Watch, she's gonna nail the Commanders, and you're gonna feel like an idiot if you're listening right now. Wow, C.J. Stroud took the took the Houston Texans to the playoffs. That's an impressive effort by that rookie. How did Kira know that? All right, let's get to how much time do I have? Like two minutes? Dottie? Less? All right, let's go right to uh, Chiefs highlight number three. Uh, Chiefs cut number three. Last night, the big story in this one was the fact that Kadarius Tony forgot how to catch passes. Patrick Mahomes, though, still says he has faith in his uh, wide receiver. 
I have trust in, in KT. He, he missed a lot of training camp. Obviously, he wanted to play and, and, and fought rehab hard so he could play. Stuff's not always going to go your way. Obviously, he would have wanted to catch a few of those in the game, but I've trusted he's going to be that guy that I go to in those crucial moments, and he's going to make the catch and win us some seasons like he did last year. So we're going to continue to work him in, get him more and more reps, um, and I'm sure that, that those drops will kind of disappear. I don't care who you are, what team you root for, nothing that happens in week one of the NFL season really, truly matters. Teams have not even played together for 15 plays in the preseason nothing that happened yesterday is going to should influence you into thinking your team is either great or terrible teams don't get right until about week two or week three or even week four so whatever happens i'm a packers fan even if love sucks week one and justin fields looks great i can't even say it with a straight face even if that happens uh i am not going to freak out week one does not matter the national football league all right so enjoy the football this weekend it's back my thanks to Andy Hall for joining me and ESPN.com's Rob Domovsky. We'll podcast this at ESPNDemoines.com. Cubs baseball is next. Zach Zabin coming up right now. Searching for my-